Tennessee started National Signing Day off with a bang of a transfer portal commit at 7 a.m. Plus, Signing Day did happen. No surprises, really, but I'll tell you what I like about this class with some superlatives and a whole lot more. Tons of recruiting talk and a little transfer portal talk here on your Thursday Locked On Balls. You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Thursday morning, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Vols. I'm your host, Eric Kane. Appreciate you for being here. Appreciate FanDuel for being a part of the show. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to go ahead and get started today. I uh, got a fun show coming up, talking tons of recruiting. Transfer Portal Edition, 7 a.m. on Wednesday morning. Jermon McCoy makes his call to Tennessee. I'll tell you all about him. Plus, a little quick little brief recap on what Tennessee got at National Signing Day and some superlatives in segment number three on who I like the best in this signing class. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Balls your first listen. We are always a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network where we make it your team every single day. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started. Jermod McCoy, you know, he was uh, he told Tennessee that he was in um, at least on Tuesday, maybe even earlier than that, and, and honestly kind of thought that he was going to commit to Tennessee at some point publicly on Tuesday. That obviously did not happen, so <laughs> it's always fast and furious. The mornings of signing days the last couple of years with the early signing period, especially with Josh Heupel in Tennessee, they like to get everything done really, really quick in the mornings. So to kick things off, it's 7 a.m. Eastern time. Jermon McCoy goes ahead, goes ahead and commits to the University of Tennessee. He is a cornerback. Uh, previously at Oregon State, where he picked up third-team All-Pac-12 honors as a freshman in 2023. He has three years of eligibility remaining, and this past football season he had two interceptions, seven pass breakups, and 31 tackles um, over at Oregon State. So uh, that was really, really cool to see. Uh, this is the guy that I think Tennessee liked an awful lot. I think that he was a priority um, when you look at the defensive backfield, because you did lose a lot at this position, specifically at cornerback. I mean, gone was, I mean, a lot of these guys are depth pieces, right? But Gabe Judy Lolly hasn't made a call yet, but um, I feel like he's more of a lean to going on and testing the NFL waters, if I would say so at this point in time. Danico Slaughter, your other starting quarterback, cornerback, has transferred to Arkansas. Kamal Haddon is out of eligibility. Uh, Brandon Turnage has entered the transfer portal. Uh, Warren Burrell has entered the transfer portal. So yeah, some of those guys were there for depth purposes, but still you're losing a lot at that position. And so getting a guy that has multi-years, experienced guy played in all 12 games, the true freshman at Oregon State, picked up, again, third team, but all Pac-12 honors, I think that's uh, I think that's huge. Uh, McCoy sat down with VolQuest and kind of broke down his decision. He said, hey, Tennessee checked all the boxes offered opportunities because they had two corners leaving, more than that, and the coaches were straightforward with me and my family, liked Willie Martinez an awful lot. He said, quote, he showed me how I'd fit into the defense, and they play a mixture of press man and zone, which I think fits my game very, very well. I mean, if you're a cornerback, you want to play man coverage, right? And uh, he said, you know, how it went when he told Josh Heupel that he was committing to Tennessee, said, quote, it was, he was very excited. He yelled, and all the coaches came in and was trying to figure out what was going on. He told me he may try to get me up there this week to see bowl practice or down for the bowl game to get me around the team a little bit. So it uh, feels like Jermon McCoy is happy about his announcement, happy about his commitment for the University of Tennessee, and I think Tennessee fans should as well. 
again, he's a young guy, but he's been battled. He's he's battle ready, right? He's been experienced. He's been thrown into the fire a little bit. And he'll come in, and I don't think anything was guaranteed to him. I don't think anything was promised to him. I think he'll come in and he'll compete to try to be one of the Tennessee starting cornerbacks, and at least he's going to be a part of the rotation, in in, in my opinion here. Um, so when you look at the cornerback room overall, I kind of already laid out who's left that cornerback room. It's kind of thin when you look at it. So Gabe Judy Lawley, we'll have to see exactly what he's going to do, but at this point in time, and as you guys know, things can change by the minute. I don't expect him to be back for 2024. So you have Ricky Gibson, who's going to start the bowl game opposite of Gabe Judy Lawley. You have Jordan Matthews. You have Christian Conyer. All three of those guys right now are true freshmen. You welcome in Caleb Beasley, a part of your class of 2024, who we'll get to in a moment, and he's going to be a part of that cornerback room. And, and really, that's it. So Jermon McCoy comes in. And there's honestly only five true cornerbacks. Now, there are other guys in the class who can play corner. So Marcus Gorey can play corner, in my opinion. Boo Carter can play corner, in my opinion. So I don't think it's a huge deal. But you went from, you know, playing a lot, a little bit at the cornerback position because, because you had some injuries, but having so many different options to you're down to not as whole, not, not a whole lot of options and really, you're down to a lot of youth. And, you know, for better or for worse, we're going to see what they're made of. I like Ricky Gibson. I do. I haven't seen Christian Conyer or Jordan Matthews play anything of significance. Same with Caleb Beasley. He's brand new. Haven't watched a whole lot of tape of Jermon McCoy. I'm not going to lie to you and say that I've watched every single game and every single snap that he's, you know, he's done. But um, I know that he's experienced. And I know that he played as a true freshman. And I know that he's got some intangibles. And he was Tennessee's priority at cornerback in the transfer portal. So that's got to mean something, right? So uh, that was big news. Tennessee getting Jermod McCoy. Uh, he committed to Tennessee at 7 a.m. on Wednesday morning. And now Tennessee's uh, Jalen Farmer, the offensive line target from Florida, he committed to uh, Kentucky on Wednesday. Uh, but Tennessee's biggest targets at the time of this recording, and maybe this is going to change by the time I edit this and get everything out there. If that's the case, then obviously we're going to hit on it first thing on tomorrow's show. But Tennessee's biggest target left in the transfer portal at this time is two-lane wide receiver Chris Brazel. Um, really, really good player. Again, he's got three years of eligibility left. He had 44 receptions, 714 yards, five touchdowns. He's six foot four, about 200 pounds. Um, played in the highest level of high school football you can in the state of Texas and balled out. And he's hearing from everybody across the country who's reached out him reached out to him in the transfer portal this time. Um, and again, I'll say it again, things can change by the minute. I do like where Tennessee is right now. Uh, Tennessee is battling Colorado tooth and nail for uh, Brazel. Washington is also in that picture as well. But I, I do like where Tennessee is at the time of this recording. So we'll see if Tennessee can slam that door shut. And hey, by the time you listen to this podcast, maybe, maybe they have. Um, that will be a huge addition for Tennessee if uh, it can close that one. But uh, more on that on tomorrow's show, plus more you know, coming up here on this show. Tons of recruiting. That is coming up next right here on Locked On Balls. What do I think about the signing class? Superlatives in segment number three, but a quick a little signing day review right here on Locked On Balls. That is coming up next. I want to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn, Johns. When you're hiring for small business, 
You want to have as many top tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn is not just like any other job board. LinkedIn's got a vast network of a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 85% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many different hats and might not have all the resources to hire. Uh, but LinkedIn makes it easy. Its process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That is linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege to post your job for free terms and conditions. Well, you know it. They do apply. All right, welcome back in here to your Thursday edition of Lockdown Vols. I'm your host, Eric Kane. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, quickly, let's look back at Tennessee's 2024 signing day. Um, I kind of previewed it on yesterday's show, and you know, not really anything changed, right? Um, you did get that transfer portal commit to begin the day. So at the time of this recording, Tennessee reeled in 21 commits, reeled in 21 signatures, if you will, they're signees now, from the high school rank. They also announced the additions, which I don't factor into your signing class, and you shouldn't either. Uh, three of official transfer portal additions and Holden Stays, Jacoby Thomas, and of course, uh, Jermod McCoy. Now, that's kind of separate. So 21 commits from the high school level signed. Tennessee also announced three walk-ons um, who were officially introduced into the program as well. Uh, 15 of those are going to be mid-year enrollees, and already, about 10, I don't have the exact number, but about 10 or 11 of those guys are already here practicing and more on the way. Uh, Tennessee actually posted a picture of the early enrollees in pads at UT's practice with Josh Heupel and said, already getting getting to work. <laughs> and so uh, that's how quickly this thing kind of moves when you get to this point, uh, this, this point in recruiting in college football. So at the time of this recording, Tennessee is 12th in the nation in with its 2024 signing class. Uh, yesterday, or at least, yeah, on yesterday's show, when we entered uh, early early signing day, um, Tennessee was 13th. And Tennessee was also 8th in the SEC. At the time of this recording, Tennessee is 7th in the SEC. Now, again, not all schools get everything done by 10 o'clock on, uh, on National Signing Day morning. Uh, that's what Tennessee does. Some of these other programs around the SEC will get a commit tomorrow. We'll get a commit on Friday, maybe later tonight after I produce this show. And so those can change. But point is, Tennessee has moved up one spot. The team that fell was Florida. Obviously, the Gators had a rough national signing day. But Tennessee's 12th in the country, 7th in the SEC. And again, 12th in the country is nothing to nothing to brag about. It's, it's you know, that and that's also including Oklahoma and Texas in this. But it just kind of is what it is right now. It just means more. SEC, you can be fifth in the country and fourth in the SEC. Tennessee's been in that situation a couple times before. It just is what it is. Uh, but nonetheless, 21 signees, three walk-ons, three transfers. So that brings a total to 27 players that Tennessee uh, officially introduced yesterday as part of National Signing Day. Uh, those three walk-ons, in case you're wondering, a uh, long snapper, Marshall Box, who was from Jacksonville University High School. I believe that is in Jackson, Tennessee. I know Jackson, Tennessee is where Christian Campbell or Charles Campbell was. I believe the same high school that Campbell kicked at uh, way back when is, is where this young man comes from, Marshall Box. Um, also defensive back, J uh, Jackson Matthews. He's from Christ Presbyterian Academy. That's in the Nashville area. And then Eli Purcell. 
Um, Farragut alum played at Walford College. He's a linebacker. He's walking on to Tennessee, and Tennessee announced him. I mean, I had many, many rivalry Thursday games with him on there, so that's pretty neat. Um, Tennessee announced him and those other walk-ons on Wednesday as well. So still kind of on the lookout for, at the time of this recording, Texas A&M commits five-star defensive lineman Dominic McKinley has yet to sign. The belief is he's not going to sign in this early signing period um, as he's trying to, you know, figure out the new coaching staff and everything. And he's going to sign in the spring or in the, in the February signing period. So if that's the case, he will be on campus for an official visit at Tennessee. The plan is for January the 20th, but that's one to watch. That's a big one to watch for sure. At the time of this recording as well, Jordan Seaton hadn't signed. Uh, your guess is as good as mine, guys. I mean, literally, your guess is as good as mine. And again, I want to stress at the time of this recording because things change by the minute. That should be the slogan of this show when talking about the month of December. Things can change by the minute. Uh, but your guess is as good as mine. There's been a lot of talk about Jordan Seaton out there on, on Wednesday, long into Wednesday morning and into the afternoon. And, I mean, of course, Tennessee has interest there. Maryland has emerged as a true contender. I mean, Colorado is obviously still there. So, we will see. That's obviously one to watch as well. But if you go on, if you go on um, first take and announce your commitment, I mean, what in the world are your plans for your for your second announcement, right? I mean, hey, if, you know, he's a good player. Obviously, I think he's going to be a stud. Um, but if you if you went on first take to announce your first commitment, how are you going to announce your second commitment if you are going to go away and not sign with Colorado? I don't know. I'm. I am intrigued to see that is for sure. Um, kind of looking at how Wednesday transpired for Tennessee. So, uh, we, you know, we had a sunny day central, you know, page over there at VolQuest.com, and, um, you know, by the minutes, Tennessee tweets it out. That means it's official. The paperwork's in. We put it up on our, on our sites, you know, a little blurb about each player, you know, graphic, all that stuff tweeted out. So I was, you know, working, you know, on the, uh, on the line there for about three and a half hours straight, kind of looking down as these came back to back to back to back with a little bit of a, a break in between. And, you know, the first one came and of course it was Jamal McCoy, as I mentioned, the transfer portal edition at 7 a.m. The first national letter of intent that was received came from Carson Gentle, who is a in-state prospect, a very early commit to the signing class way back in the summer of 2022 um, he committed or he signed at 705. That's when that paperwork got in. And then next it was Max Anderson at 712, just to show you how quickly this all went. Peyton Lewis at 715, Jeremiah's Hurd at 721, Jordan Burns at 731, William Satterwhite at 737, um, Edwin Spillman at 805. He's gonna be good. Kellen Lindstrom at 810. Caleb Beasley at 814 so far, and you know, so on and so on. The last one to commit to the universe, or the last one to sign and kind of got this whole thing wrapped up. Everything was wrapped up by it was Cole Harrison, who of course committed the night before. Cole Harrison's paperwork officially came in at 1044 a.m. And remember, he is three hours behind, so local time for him, that was 744 in the morning. 1044 a.m. is when that came in. So this all gets done, you know, really, really quick. Because again, there's not a whole lot of intrigue in National Signing Day um, anymore, and especially for Tennessee the last couple of years. And so everyone that was expected to sign signed, so might as well get it in, get it out. And I mentioned that Tennessee already has about ten players on campus right now for uh, for practice, and so like they had their own little special little 
you know, picture ceremony type deal at Tennessee coming off the practice field. So those 10 were kind of back to back to back to back. So anyway, that's kind of what it is right now. Um, Tennessee's 12th at the time of this recording behind, here's a national ranks, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Texas, Oregon, Florida State. Auburn is number seven. Auburn had a good day. Miami, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, that's your top 10. LSU's at number 11, and Tennessee is at number 12. So really, the only teams in there that are not a part of the SEC is Ohio State at three, Oregon at five. Remember, Texas is a part of the SEC now. Florida State at six, Miami at eight. There's Oklahoma at nine, but it's part of the SEC. And then Notre Dame at number 10. So uh, again, it's uh, it truly, truly does just mean more. But at the end of the day, I mean, I, I said it on yesterday's show. Like, I mean, you need... You need to close better. I think you need to finish better. I'm not calling Tennessee's class a failure whatsoever. A lot of people were distraught, just distraught, about Jaron Sensabaugh committing to Missouri. And I think Jaron Sensabaugh is going to be a nice player. He comes from a great family. I played at Carson Newman uh, with his cousin or uncle. I'm not sure um, how the relation is there. But I played with Cody Sensabaugh at Carson Newman for a year. Um, you know, a, a really, really good family, football family. I think Jaron Sinsball's got a lot of intangibles that's going to make him a good football player. Fact of the matter is, he picked up his fourth star earlier this week by 247, and that just changes the opinions of a lot of fans. Fact of the matter is, Tennessee got in that one late. You know, they didn't start really talking to him about five, six weeks ago. And they tried, and they were going to take him. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they would take him. They tried. But you jumped in super late when he was committed to Vanderbilt. Missouri was trying to get him to flip from Vanderbilt to Missouri for a long time. Same with Willie Rodriguez, who ended up signing with Kentucky yesterday. Tennessee wanted him as well to pair with Cole Harrison as prep tight ends in this class, but they didn't jump into that until like 10 days ago. So you can be frustrated, and it's fine. I'm just using those examples, but like everybody freaking out over those two. I mean, I get it. Losing a, you know an in-state commit who's a four-star, you know, one day old, to... Missouri's not a good look, but I mean, Tennessee was in on those super, super late. But uh, again, Cam Michael, um, Roger Saliapunga, Jordan Seaton. Um, I mean, the list can go on and on and on. Tennessee didn't close the way it needed to after a, a, a really good spring and a really good summer. So I think Tennessee still has a ways to go in terms of recruiting for sure. But I do think that there's, you know, building blocks in this class and there's a lot to like about this class. What do I like about this class? I will tell you here in just a moment. Superlatives for Tennessee's class of 2024 right here on Lockdown Vols. That is coming up next right here on the show. Do you want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel? FanDuel is America's number one sports book. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot over on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on that action than right now. You've got the spreads that are so much fun to play, player props, individual player props like Maybe catches in the first half over under two and a half. Maybe um, you know rushing yards in a game over under seventy two in the hook. Whatever the case is, uh, those individual player props are a whole lot of fun to play. Totals, overs, we love them here on Lockdown Vols. But you can play the unders as well. But more than importantly, one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet. That's at FanDuel.com/slash Lockdown. FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season today. FanDuel is official partner of the NFL. 
All right, boys and girls, we got a final segment left here this edition of Locked On Vols. And um, as always, when we're talking recruiting here on the show, I want to give a shout-out to LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can post your job at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and, terms and conditions do apply. So special shout-out to LinkedIn Jobs as we talk recruiting here on Locked On Vols. Okay, so I want to talk about superlatives for the class of 2024. My superlatives could be very different from what your superlatives are. And so I think that's why this is kind of a fun conversation. Um, also, while it's on my mind, fresh in my mind, I'm going to be pre-recording Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday shows next week. i going to do a crossover from Monday on Christmas Day, so... Um, again, if you want to catch that on Tuesday or on Wednesday later in the week or on your way to grandma's house, you go through the woods and the snow, all that, uh, for Christmas day, it'll be out there for you. I'm going to do a crossover with locked on Hawkeyes previewing the citrus bowl. That's going to be on Monday. I'm going to catch up with boogie at some point. Maybe that's Tuesday or Wednesday, but one of those days, either Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. Um, also the reason why I'm doing Tuesday and Wednesday is because, I don't want to record on Christmas Day, and the next day I'm going to be driving to, the, to uh, Orlando for the Citrus Bowl. But one of those days, I want to have this conversation on who qualifies to be a VFL. And truly, I just said it in terms of superlatives a moment ago, like my definition or my superlative for best on offense or sleeper on offense or whatever can be different from yours. When we're talking about who qualifies as a VFL, my answer is not universal. Your answer is not universal. It's it literally can be a different answer for whoever you ask, and and uh, and I think it's a really interesting topic. I've done this topic on radio many many years. Okay, so like this is a recycled topic for me, but it's still super intriguing because you hear from more and more, you get different opinions and uh, responses from people each year. So that's why I continue to do it. I'm gonna make a post on the community tab on YouTube. I'll put out a tweet as well sometime, either Thursday, Friday, Saturday, at some point in the near future. And I'm going to ask you guys, what is what what does it mean to be a VFL? Who qualifies as a VFL? If you transfer out of here, are those players considered VFLs? What if you transfer out of here after graduating and use your COVID year somewhere else? Are they still VFLs? If you come in and you were at two different places before, but you finish your career here at Tennessee for one year, is that a VFL? What if you're a fan? If you went to Tennessee, does that make you a VFL? What if you're a Tennessee fan that didn't go to Tennessee? Are you a VFL? I'm just, there's no right answer. There's no wrong, or there's no wrong answer whatsoever. I I just think that's intriguing. So that's going to come up on one of those shows, either Tuesday or Wednesday. So get ready. I'm going to post something. I want you guys to contribute because I'm going to read those uh, here on the show. All right. So I'm looking at Tennessee's class of 2024. Again, 12th at the time of this recording in the country, 7th in the nation. And I want to do some superlatives here. Uh, let me know if you agree or disagree. My best offensive prospect to sign with Tennessee, in my opinion, I'm not really uh, going against the, the the grain here. It's it's Mike Matthews, five star prospect, the only five star prospect according to on three uh, Tennessee signs, and I think he's going to be a really really good player. Mike Matthews, his uh, industry ranking, whenever you compare them to rivals, ESPN two four seven and on three, twenty second prospect in the country. Sixth at his position, fourth in the state of Georgia. You're fourth in the state of Georgia. You're a pretty daggum good player. Uh, but Mike Matthews, I think he's not very tall, about six foot and a half, about 180, 185. Uh, he can play inside, he can play outside. I think he starts off in the slot here. But uh, man, he was making people look silly in Georgia. 
for four years. Started on varsity as a freshman. Um, really, really good player. So I think in the end of it, I think Mike Matthews will be the best offensive get from this class. Best defensive get from this class. Well, again, not truly going against the grain here. I'm going to go with Jordan Ross. Um, he's a four-star rated prospect. He's a five-star rated prospect by 247 Sports. His industry ranking 34th in the country, overall prospect, fifth edge player, the eighth best player in the state of Alabama. So a really, really good player. He is a pass rusher. Uh, that is his forte. Not a, a little bit raw, not as not as refined as stopping the run and playing different type of techniques, but pinning your ears back and getting after the quarterback. That's what Jordan Ross does. And quite frankly, I'm a little shocked that there wasn't much drama after he committed to Tennessee leading up to signing day. But there wasn't. He signed. He's going to be a part of this class. Tennessee, under Josh Heupel, has made it an absolute priority to have a solid quarterback and to get after the quarterback. And that's what I love about the way Josh Heupel and his staff recruit. Last year, Caleb Herring, Shadavion Bradley. The year before that, Joshua Joseph, James Pierce. This year, it's Jordan Ross and a guy I'm going to get to here in a moment. Jordan Ross, when it's all said and done, I think will be the best player from this class on defense. He's got all the intangibles, six foot four and a half, two fifteen. He'll play that Leo position, and it's loaded. You got James Pierce, got uh, Joshua Josephs, got Caleb Herring. But as we know in college football, one or more of those players could be gone by the time he's a sophomore, and he could step up and he might even have a role as a, a true freshman. Caleb Herring saw a, a little tiny role this year, but um, Jordan Ross would be my best defensive prospect to sign with Tennessee. Sleeper prospect on offense. You know, I mean, there's a couple of different options here, but I'm going to go Braylon Staley. Everybody talks about the five-star Mike Matthews at the wide receiver position in this class for Tennessee. I like Braylon Staley, man. He's considered the second-best prospect, according to his industry ranking, um, in the state of South Carolina. On three, has him as the 109th overall player in the country. 21st at his position, second in the state. 247 actually has him as the 78th overall prospect in the class. So a top 100 prospect uh, is Braylon Staley. But he does a lot. Again, can play inside, can play outside. He absolutely tore up the competition at his high school realm in South Carolina this year. We we do this thing called Trail Tidbits, me and Matt Ray do, during the season over at VolQuest.com. And we, we had his stats every single week. And just scorching. He's really, really athletic. High points of football. Great athletes. But nobody talks about him because you have Mike Matthews in this class. So my sleeper pick would be Braylon Staley. What about on defense? This might be my favorite player in the class. I don't think I liked him as much as I liked Tyree Weathersby last year, a part of the class of 2023. And Tyree Weathersby was going to play this year if not for a preseason you know, camp injury. But my pick for sleeper prospect on defense for this class of 2024 is going to be Kellen Lindstrom. Kellen Lindstrom from the state of Missouri um, on three has him as the 200th a 99th ranked prospect, 32nd as an edge rusher, his classification and recruiting, 7th prospect out of the state of Georgia. Not not a horrible ranking, but I mean he's still a four-star, but certainly not a, you know, a top 3 on 300 or top 100 prospect or whatever. Kellen Lindstrom is more polished against the run. I said this on yesterday's show. He can line up in different techniques. Good about taking on blocks where he needs work and getting after the quarterback, getting at, you know after the passer. I think Kellen Lindstrom already coming in at 240 pounds, six foot six, will be the five technique or the quote unquote strong side defensive end in this defense. That position was Tyler Barham this past year, Dominic Bailey. It was uh, Jaquan Blakely a couple years ago. Um, it was um, Latrell Bumpus a couple years ago. But that's that Tyler Barron, Tyree West, Dominic Bailey position. 
And I think that he's going to be a player for Tennessee. I really like his game. He's strong. He's athletic, and he gets after it. So my sleeper pick on defense would be Kellen Lindstrom. Got two more here. Biggest project, but somebody that I think is going to be a stud down the line, is Jeremiah's Hurd. Talked about him on yesterday's show as well. Charles Power, a director of scouting and, and recruiting over at On3, the only analyst in the country that has him as a four-star. Everybody else has him as... Um, a three-star, but very new to the game. Played high school football for the first time as a junior in high school. He's a basketball player, super athletic, six foot eight, two hundred ninety pounds. You know, good-looking, six foot eight, two hundred ninety-five pounds. All right, um, just a freak, just an athlete. He's got the body type to be like an NFL offensive tackle. Now, again, I'm just saying that's like body type projection. I got a long way to go. I'm not saying that's going to be him, but he's got that body type to where I think he could play offensive tackle down the line. He'll probably start out on the defensive line. Um, that's kind of where he's listed right now, but he's really just a lineman is how you characterize it. Kind of like Nathan Robinson, Trevor Duncan coming in last year, both those guys on defense right now, but just like linemen because we'll have to see exactly kind of where they fit. But I think he could play offensive tackle down the line. So biggest project, nowhere near going to help contribute, in my opinion, at this time. But I think he could be a stud down the line just because he's got the intangibles. And he's athletic, and he's got great footwork. And lastly, quickest to the field. You know, there could be a lot of other. I mean, there's a lot of good prospects in this class that I haven't even mentioned. The quarterback, Jake Merklinger, Caleb Beasley at cornerback, Edwin Spillman at linebacker, Bennett Warren at offensive tackle, Peyton Lewis the running back. There's a lot of players that I like in this class. But the one that I'm going to pick for quickest to the field is going to be Boo Carter. Because I think Boo Carter will have an immediate impact as a returner for Tennessee. Punt returner, kick returner. Um, he can play wide he can play wide receiver. He tore up. He was six A Mr. Football Award winner in Tennessee. We had him a couple of times on Robbery Thursday. I've seen him play a couple of times. He is a stud. Um he could certainly I like him in the ball with the ball in his hands. I do. And I want to see that a lot at Tennessee. But Tennessee likes him on the defensive side of the football, that star position or safety. And certainly I saw him come downhill and hit, and hit some people as well at the prep level. He's just an athlete. But I do think he will make an immediate impact the quickest of this group because I think he'll be the starting punt returner, kick returner, if he comes in and shows that he can handle that, that aspect of the game in spring and in fall camp. So those are my superlatives. Best offensive prospect, Mike Matthews. Best defensive prospect, Jordan Ross. Sleeper prospect on offense, Braylon Staley. Sleeper prospect on defense, Kellen Lindstrom. Longest project player, Jeremiah's Hurd. Quickest to the field, Boo Carter. What say you? What do you guys think about uh, this class of 2024, the signing class for the University of Tennessee? And again, a big thank you to LinkedIn Johns for covering, for sponsoring our recruiting talk here on Locked On Balls and for the Locked On Podcast Network. You can post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. Terms and conditions do apply. All right. Whole lot of fun here on a Thursday. Recapping, reacting to Tennessee's signing day for the class of 2024. Would love to hear what you guys think about this signing class. And uh, I expect Tennessee to continue to make some waves in the transfer portal. Jermaine McCoy announces commitment to Tennessee at 7 a.m. on Wednesday. Could Wednesday night bring in more or maybe even Thursday or Friday? We will see, but we'll cover it all right here at Lockdown Balls. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you as always. And we'll talk again tomorrow, everybody.